need to feed my spirit. I was once a cleaner. You are a specter from the gods. Walk with me. All right, you're listening to Wait You Were Mormon with Devin Brown. I'm your host, Devin Brown. And for episode 22, we've got the very lovely Valora Howe. They open up about their mission to Reno, Nevada, some of the chronic health issues that they had to face and overcome, as well as embracing their sexuality post-mission. If you haven't already, please be sure to check out www.waityourmormon.com for access to all of the previous episodes, as well as access to all of my social links. And while you're there, why not share one of your favorite episodes with a family member or friend? They might appreciate it, and I certainly would. But that's enough of me. Enjoy the episode. All right. Well, then just jumping into it, can you introduce yourself for us? Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Valora Howell. Um, I was born and raised in church. Um, you know, pretty typical story. Spent my whole life in the church, you know, very Mormon family. Mm. Um, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, pray in morning and night, read scriptures together, you mm. know, all, you know, all of that stuff. Um, I was very uh, incredibly active up until I was about 23. So, you know, I, I was a very stereotypical Molly Mormon, Okay. you know, um, you know, it doesn't, uh, really doesn't get any more <laughs> basic than, than what I was. Um, when I served my mission, I had gone to Reno okay. in Nevada. <laughs> it was, um, interesting. I, Never would have thought going to Reno, you know, most people are like, I want to go overseas. All my friends are going to these amazing places. And mm-hmm. I get my call and they're like, you're going to Reno. I'm like, really? This is what I'm, I'm going to Reno. You're sending me to Reno. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been complaining because given the belief system, that was actually kind of rude, <laughs> honestly. But, um, it was interesting out there. Um, I don't know what I expected from my mission, mm-hmm. but I do know that it was nothing like what people made it seem yeah. like it going to the missionary training center. It was like, I had six minutes to shower. Like how the heck am I supposed to go in, take a shower, do my hair, wear these nice clothes like they're just stuffing all these things into your brain like it was so obscure i'm like oh man i don't think i'm gonna like this but you know i didn't quit because you know i didn't want to get ostracized Mm -hmm. not about that um and then i remember my first meeting that we had um, and they were talking about, you know, how to get more investigators and mm-hmm. baptisms. They were really drilling those numbers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, what is with these people and numbers? Like, it was like, you got to mm-hmm. see this many people a day. You got to get this many baptisms. You got to get, you know, this many people, uh, you know, technically investigating, you know, how 
they have their technicalities of what mm -hmm. makes an investigator like you know you got to do all these things and i'm just like i don't know man it kind of seems like you don't actually care about these people yeah. and you just you just really want to get people in here and it's they have such urgency right mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta get these people into the church you know they really need it their souls need saved but you know i think there's a lot of people with you know they were very genuine like i was i mm. i i wanted to see people happy mm. i just wanted to go and help people that's that's what i wanted to do but i definitely got the vibe especially from the mission president that like the people were not important it was the numbers mm. you know it's it's like it was a, it's like they masked it mm -hmm. right like oh we do care about the people but do you because it really seems like you just want the church to look good by getting tons of baptisms and you know more baptisms means more money but i didn't understand that concept because mm -hmm. i was like i want to help people yeah. join the only true church <laughs> you know um however the mission did really help me change as a person and i've seen that a lot um a lot of people who serve missions do end up leaving the church yeah. because it helped them. Uh, they never really actually saw the church in its true light until they had to eat, sleep, breathe the church 24 seven for, you know, 18 to 24 months. Mm -hmm. That's you don't get to do anything else, you know? And so they really, you know, you really get to see, what they teach what mm -hmm. goes on behind closed doors that is that is the biggest thing mm -hmm. everyone is a project every single person that exists even in active members are projects like yeah. people are seen as you know you know how can we keep this person or how can we get this person in like no one is seen as people they're seen as checklists you know like mm -hmm. gotta get this person gotta get you know what i mean it's It was overwhelming. Yeah. It was really overwhelming. And I, I was like, it, it really made me think about how I responded to things in life. I'm like, you know, this whole time I've had this attitude, you know, before I was a missionary, every, everyone was basically a project. So that's what they like subconsciously, you know, they, they make you subconsciously respond that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized, wow. I shouldn't act like that. That's not cool. That's wow. my cat. Oh, <laughs> my cat in the background. Um, so, you know, the mission did help me change as a person a lot. Honestly, it helped me with my attitude because I had that whole Utah culture mm -hmm. was just really in my system. And they, you know, they kind of a lot of the time have a little bit of a superiority complex. Yeah. You know, they're like, I'm in Zion and I'm, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a good daughter of God because I don't show my shoulders, but you do, mm. you know, kind of like attitude. And I realized, wow, I shouldn't have that attitude, you know, actually going out and doing things around different cultures, mm. you know, that did help. But um, the overall experience of the mission, while I'm grateful, because if it wasn't for me serving a mission, I don't think... I don't think I would yeah. have ever left, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it did cause a very large amount of distress mm -hmm. in my life that otherwise could have been avoided so it was like caused an extreme amount of distress but it was also the reason why i got away so mm -hmm. it's kind of like i'll i'll take it yeah. <laughs> i'll take it if it got me out of that mm -hmm. now was that uh, distress just in a mental and kind of emotional way or were there like external factors that you were facing on the mission oh definitely both mm -hmm. um I have fibromyalgia. Okay. And um, it gets hot in Reno. Yeah. Um, we didn't have a car. Me and this my uh, companion had to ride bikes. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with that. However, we lived in a very hilly area. Mm -hmm. We were having to ride up oh. and down very steep in like 110 degree weather you know and so it was really hard and they're like well if you have faith in christ like i was having flare-ups all the time like my mm. body was just giving out on me and they're like you just need to try harder i'm like man i'm trying my yeah. body my body literally won't do it it's mm. it has nothing to do with my faith in christ but they were just so determined on yeah blaming me for that i'm like i can't help it i can't help that i have a mm. you know a, a illness that affects you know my my body you know it's yeah you get when you go into a flare-up with fibromyalgia it's, you feel like you have the flu okay. basically it's hard to move everything kind of hurts if you ever gotten like you know the the flu or some kind of like flu type bug and so like they just some people were sympathetic but most people were just like pull yourself up you know by the bootstraps get out there and do the lord's work but you know definitely emotionally too because um i had uh frequent anxiety attacks i didn't know mm -hmm. they were anxiety attacks um i was actually taught that those feelings were satan hovering over me because i didn't repent of something oh so my whole life every time i had an anxiety attack i thought it was because i did something wrong so I'm on my mission, right? Mm -hmm. I've gone through the temple. So all consequences are extreme yeah. once you go through the temple. Like everything, it's not like a slap on the wrist anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's scary. And um, I remember I just, I was getting so many and I was just restless at night. And my, mm -hmm. my, I was trying to, you know, call myself down. I'm like, look, you haven't done anything. Like you're fine. Everything's fine. You know, but why would I feel this way? Because mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense to be feeling this way for no reason, you know, anxiety disorder, but I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I was told there was nothing wrong with me. I just needed to repent. So mm -hmm. I went to my mission president. I'm like, something's wrong. Like it's, I can't, I can't work. I can't do anything. This is, it's, it's, it's so painful. I can hardly function. And he's like, well, you know, have you completely emptied the bucket? I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know, emptied the bucket of your sins. You just, you know, do you need to repent of something? Is there, you know, anything you need uh -huh. to get off of your chest? And so that just reinforced it, mm -hmm. just reinforced everything that I was trying to like completely chip away. And the, just so many nights I couldn't sleep. My brain is just running through everything I've done wrong in my life. Every mm -hmm. little thing, every big thing. And 
like it was it was traumatizing because yeah. I got to the point to where I was like I don't know what I've done wrong and I'm gonna suffer for eternity mm-hmm. because I messed up somewhere and I can't repent for it so it was pretty bad I I actually got really suicidal because mm-hmm. my brain couldn't cope yeah. it's like I don't know what to do like you've messed up, but I can't fix it. You can't fix it because you don't know what you did. And um, in the midst of all of that, because that wasn't bad enough, I discovered I was attracted to women when I was on my mission. Mm. So that was like that I told my mission president and he was like, and it's interesting because it wasn't until I told him, I think I'm attracted to women that he said, okay, let's send you to a counselor. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I actually, uh, there's a few things I wanted to ask in regards to all this, because it's like, you know, anxiety can be very debilitating. So that aside, like, I don't know a lot about fibromyalgia, um, but it's a chronic illness, right? Yeah. So, you know, I know my own experience in Africa, we there wasn't a whole lot of discourse with like, the mission doctor or anything like that you're mentioning it took all of this to even have the word counselor even be thrown around you know what I mean so what was your relationship like with you know the mission doctor in your area was there any um what was it like with your companions throughout all of this so I'm throwing a lot of questions at you but I'm curious Um, it helps me think about all these things um with uh with my counselor he was actually um he was very helpful he was a very good guy um he immediately diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder he's like hey um yeah you definitely have this this is definitely a disorder 110 percent. do not let anyone gaslight you into thinking you do not have it because you absolutely do have it and we can we can help you with this like you know, we can get this situated so you can, you know, not be suffering all the time. So it took him beating that into my head mm-hmm. to really train me um, into, you know, realizing that it was not because I did something wrong, but simply because my brain just, uh, it's just doing its own thing mm-hmm. the way that it shouldn't be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a it isn't cause related. It just is a health issue. Um, and so he, he actually really helped me with that. Um, however, he still brought church teachings into it. So it was like, I was getting help and it did help, Uh but didn't get as much help as I needed because church doctrine was still being reinforced with the counseling um with my companions um all of them i i struggle with this with all of my companions and they were all very kind to me i was fortunate enough to have good companions um every single one of them were uh you know supportive they would you know there were some nights where i literally was just curled up in a ball and they would just hold me just tell me everything's okay they just you know they they didn't judge me you know, um, so, you know, if, if I would have had, um, 
a bad companion in any of those situations. Um, it might have been enough to push me off the edge. So I'm, you know, grateful that I had at least some sort of support. Um, but it was almost all the other people that were basically irritating, um, you know, what issues I had going on. Mm. Um, but I never told any of my companions about me being attracted to women. I was like, I'm not yeah. going to tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell them that. <laughs> if, if I speak too much of this, I, you know, was worried they were going to send me to like conversion therapy or yeah. something. Like, so I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not going to say anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I talked with them, cause you're like supposed to tell them everything, mm-hmm. you know, you got to talk to them once a week. You got to do this like deep meeting with them and, you know, and I just, I tried to be as vague as possible yeah. <laughs> with them. Maybe that's why they were, you know, as nice as they were, because they didn't know, you know, hmm. um, everything that was going on. But um, fortunately, I did have that. So with those, you know, those two things, um, overall, the relationship with them was not too bad, but it hmm. still did reinforce um things that were keeping me from completely uh <laughs> succeeding for lack of better words <laughs> yeah no that's yeah that is very good that you had um some good companions because a lot of people have just horribly abusive mm-hmm. companions and that's you know like you mentioned something that you know, people don't talk about like really pre-mission like you might hear the odd story of like oh such and such you know had a gun pulled on him in Chile or something like you know you hear those kind of stories but Mm -hmm. you know you never really hear you know you're alone in an apartment with someone and they're physically abusive or emotionally abusive and you know that does happen all the time but I was curious as well um before your mission was there anyone who like like when you went to get a physical or anything like that, was there anyone who tried to talk you out of serving maybe to try and go a different route or. You know, I had, um, I had a couple friends, not a whole lot. Uh, most of them, most of my friends were Mormon, but they mm. were, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do and we love and support you. But, uh, I did have one friend that was like, hey, you've got like so much ahead of you. Don't waste your time on that. Mm-hmm. You know, go do other things, go to college, go do young people stuff. Don't don't go serve a mission for a church mm-hmm. considering you have to pay them to serve a mission. Yeah. You have to pay $450 a month to serve a mission. So, you know, there's so many better things you could be doing, but my mind was just so diehard set on it, you know, but there wasn't a whole lot of outside factors trying to keep me from going. Um, I'm honestly surprised. I mean, at the same time, it is nice to know that I had so many respectful friends, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it, it really is surprising that I didn't have more people, but I mean, I was in Utah, so mm. you don't usually get a whole lot of people trying to convince you otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's usually the opposite a lot of pressure to do it go on a mission so yeah um because I guess I was just kind of curious like um I don't know if they prevent 
like a lot of people from going who have like chronic illnesses and stuff like that like it seems like uh back to your original point with everything is just kind of a numbers thing like even that stuff is like really poorly considered you know what i mean like there really should be much more of a vetting process before anyone's allowed to go you know oh yeah because it is such extreme conditions you know like obviously when you get out of the church you start doing research um you you might start discovering like the bite model and all of these things that cults use and you're like oh that was my like mission experience like oh no wonder i'm having all of these horrible side effects after it but yeah so not even like a mission doc like a doctor beforehand was like oh i don't know if you should go do this because you could have all of these flare-ups no yeah my doctor was like no you should do it he just said be careful Mm -hmm. he's like yeah i think you can go and it was the whole like yeah you can go because you know if you have a lot of faith you'll be fine just Mm -hmm. be careful kind of thing but you know it's where do you draw the line at be careful Uh there's how do you know where to draw a line what is careful really yeah when you think about it he he should have said no you can't and if a doctor says no you can't go then they're probably not going to let you serve a mission because they're going to be like look you're going to be a problem (laughs) basically a liability um but no he he didn't even try and convince me otherwise uh-huh. he's just like yeah no just be careful yeah you'll be fine wow. yeah he actually believe it or not um <laughs> i didn't even get a physical before i went on my mission oh i, I did get a physical before i went on my mission um and i'm not sure why now that I think about it, um, I don't know why I never got a physical because you're supposed to get one. Mm-hmm. He just said I was fine. I was healthy enough to go, but yeah. just never gave me a physical. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, the spirit was probably telling him, you know, well, it, it all checks it all checks out. So just send her off. Just get her out of here. Man, that is so, that's so crazy. But, um, Wow. Aside from, like, obviously the flare-ups and all of the anxiety attacks, you know, all of that horrific stuff where, um, and all the questioning, were there, were there any, like, positive experiences that you had, things that stood out? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the biggest thing was seeing, uh, well, first off, it got me away from uh, home, mm. which is the biggest thing. If you are in a cult, you've got to get out mm-hmm. in order to think or else you can't. That, that's how it works is mm-hmm. they, they keep you all together. You know, they keep you with like-minded people mm-hmm. that help you think the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, it keeps you from thinking any other thing. Um, and seeing uh, a whole, what if Reno, Northern Nevada, as a whole different world um it helped me be more Mm open-minded um incredibly open-minded i i actually used to be a pretty closed-minded person um no surprise that's typically what they teach you to Mm -hmm. be um but uh it helped me be a lot more um reasonable 
Um, I got to see a lot of people's uh, living situations that really, that really hit me hard. Um, in a couple areas in Elko in Nevada, um, the area that I worked in um, was definitely um, lower income, and it was uh, it was really sad. It humbled me a lot. It taught me to be a lot more selfless mm-hmm. um, and less judgmental, uh, extremely. <laughs> like it helped me like not be judgmental towards people because it's you you know you don't really think about those little details of how you see things in life mm-hmm. until you come up against it and you're like wow, you know, I never really thought that. And I feel bad for thinking that, that I, you know, ever thought that way. But the mission, you know, did teach me, um, honestly, to be a much better person. Mm. Um, I learned a lot of, like, handy little things, you know. Um, I learned how to butcher a chicken. Okay. (laughs) If I ever need to butcher a chicken. (laughs) Like, I learned, like, a lot of random little things, like, I got, I got to wire a boat. <laughs> like, um, I learned how to talk to people. I, I do have like issues with talking with people. Like I have, um, really bad ADHD, ADHD and it can affect my communication skills. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having to talk to people all the time, it, um, really, uh, helped me be able to, actually have like non-awkward conversations with people and like understand like social cues um I met a lot of really good people that helped me uh become a better person helped me be a person that I want to be um helped me leave the church um other than you know the pain it's like there there was a lot of really uplifting things um that i don't think i would trade for anything in the world like i the the suffering that i went through was totally worth all the good things Mm -hmm. that happened i mean the bad things shouldn't have happened but they did um but the you know all of those great experiences um they made my life so much better Mm-hmm. Um, and I never forget them. I think about them all the time, honestly, all the good things from my mission. Mm. So big impact on my life yeah. in a positive way. Yeah. So, yeah. Now was that, um, the whole chicken experience, was that from an investigator or was that like a weird zone activity or something that you guys he threw? He <laughs> was a member. Oh, um, okay. he had us over on our day off. Right. And he's like, we're going to have chicken chili for dinner. Mm with our chickens (laughs) so he had us over and he's like hey you sisters want to learn how to butcher a chicken and the other three because there were four of us that worked in the ward Mm. and then we split the ward in half so all four of us since we lived together and worked together basically all four of us went over and i was like I mean, I don't know if I can do it, but I mean, I'm okay with you guys going over. Like, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Um, it's our day off. This technically, 
technically isn't against the rules. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it probably it would make sense if it would, but um, so we just hung out with a member and got to butcher some chickens. <laughs> I hid off in the garage. I tried. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of rough. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got uh, pressured into uh, butchering a pig in my first area. My trainer was like, we should buy a pig. And so we went, uh, we caught transport to this other town. Went and got this pig, watched a guy wrestle it and capture it, and it just did not oh, want to be captured. So I really had to sit through all of it, the full experience. And then we got back to the apartment, and they, like, pressured me into doing it. And I was oh, just like, uh, I really just don't want to do it. But, like, oh, you know, yeah. don't be a sissy and, like, all this kind of stuff. And so I ended up doing it. It, it was a delicious pig, but <laughs> in hindsight, like, we butchered it completely wrong like so inhumanely like there's a proper yeah. way to do it and we just did not follow that it took forever for the mm -hmm. pig to finally die but yeah so i got it that's weird how that is kind of maybe a common occurrence with, yeah, with missionaries like, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a milestone you gotta learn how to, to butcher an animal <laughs> yeah butchering an animal on your mission if you didn't then you didn't do it right you didn't do it right but <laughs> now um you strike me as a very introspective person, obviously. Like, um, were you always kind of interested in kind of like psychology and things like this? Just a, I'm listening to you speak, and it seems like you kind of understand a lot of psychological terms and subject matter. Um, where, where did that come from? Was that all pre-mission, post-mission? Definitely post-mission. Definitely. Um I have a lot of uh, very well-educated friends. Okay. So they've taught me a lot about these things, especially I've, I've watched so many uh, YouTube artists that talk a lot about this and it's, mm -hmm. you know, educated me a lot. Just why I know a lot about these things. Like I'm just, I'm always taking notes. I'm like, that's, yep, that's makes a lot of sense. I'm going to write that down, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I never really stopped to consider um, the psychological aspect of what all of this does um, to people. I think mainly because emotions are a big ruling factor in keeping people where you want to keep them. Mm -hmm. um, so thinking about how uh, it causes the brain to respond, you know, didn't ever occur to me because everything was just like, ah, oh, God made it this way. So it is mm. like, I just never really questioned anything. But when I had left, I, you know, I was like, this is really damaging. And I, I want to know why this is damaging. Mm. Like there's, how do they do this? How are they so good what why well, want to know what they do to make people or to cause people uh to actually be a part of this mm. you know to lure people in and to keep people in um and so that's when i really started to focus 
on, you know, all the small little details, like little things that people don't think about. Um, it, it's always those little details that they get into your subconscious. And so I just really started focusing on all of that, mm-hmm. um, mainly too, to help me get better. Yeah. Because it's, you have to completely retrain your brain. Mm-hmm to be a normal functioning member of society without cult-like mentality. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, especially, especially when you're, you know, born and raised, that's all you knew. You know, you really got to figure out and understand how it works to uh, basically reverse what's been done. Mm. So. Do you have any like theories on the like general authorities because you're talking about like they it seems like they have this implicit understanding of how to manipulate and so you always wonder like okay someone like Jeffrey R. Holland like when I, I worked at P.F. Chang's and when I was in Salt Lake City and one time I was on takeout and I, I'm taking out these lettuce wraps and Holland was the guy picking them up and huh. he wasn't that nice you know what I mean I expected him to be kind of pretty nice he wasn't very nice <laughs> And so it's like you, you know, once you're out of the church, you kind of immediately you wonder, like, when did these people know it was bullshit? And when did they decide to keep peddling the bullshit? Like, what is that whole process like? Do you have any theories that just kind of came to my mind? That was actually one of the first things that it hit me like a brick one day that the church wasn't true. Mm. Like, it, it wasn't an overnight or it wasn't like a. Like my faith had been slowly chipped away, but like it literally, bam, not true. And I'm like, wow. And the first thing I thought of is the prophet and the apostles. Do they genuinely believe this is true? And or are they knowing full and well that they're just manipulating people Hmm. for money, um, status, Hmm. um, being in a leadership position always feels nice. You know, they, you know, you know, it was really hard for me to wrap my head around because I'm like, man, these people don't seem like bad people, but people say that about serial killers, people that Hmm. knew (laughs) They didn't seem like that kind of person. Well, they were, (laughs) you know, um, I, but I, I'm fairly certain that they know what they're doing. Mm. I, I honestly, part of me really, um, thinks that they're Christian, but I don't think they believe in the actual Mormon church. Mm. I think they are just really well-versed, very, very smart, very smart, um, sly. Mm. They, they are good. They're professionals. They're mm. professional manipulators. <laughs> it's what they do. They know, they know how to make people feel like they're making their own choices and thinking freely while keeping them from actually thinking freely and making their own choices. Like it's, Mm. it's actually depressingly impressive. Yeah. How, how good they are. (laughs) Mm. That is really crazy. I'm like, is it just, uh, 
I don't know, is that an inherent thing with like a certain like personality? It's all psychology talk from from here on oh. out, Val. I hope you're you're down for that. <laughs> but is that just like an implicit thing with like I don't know, are these people narcissists? Are they you know what I mean? Are they like sociopathic and this is like a built in like a something about certain church personalities like breeds that you know what i mean because i'm sure you know on the mission you see with certain elders and sister well oh, probably wow. not as sisters as much as far as like leadership um but you know you always have the guy who wants to be ap and he's campaigning his whole mission <laughs> and then, yeah you go home and you got that that bishop who wants to be the stake president and the stake president who's really wanted to be a general authority like you know 70 or something so I don't know. That wasn't much of a question, but I'm like, I guess to redirect it into a question, do you think it is like something about the church breeds these personality types? Oh, absolutely. People are taught these things. People, people aren't just, I mean, I mean, people can be born, you know, with having illnesses. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to clarify that. I didn't want that to be misunderstood. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like children, they, um they're taught to be hateful Mm. they're taught to be you know bigoted or they're taught to be loving they're taught to be accepting you know so people become uh what their environment is Mm. especially um when they're young um it definitely uh can cause them to get into extremes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, as we can see with like, you know, church leaders, mm-hmm. um, the typical everyday, you know, everyday regular Mormon, mm-hmm. you know, typically not like that. But if you get placed in an environment where things are taught heavily enough, you will become that way. Mm. Um, I've personally witnessed people, um, <laughs> turn into those kinds of people like mm-hmm. you know not very good gaslighting you know they yeah. uh manipulating you know they under the guise of christ-like love mm-hmm. you know um you know i don't think any of the church leaders as individuals were inherently bad people um and i i I really don't believe anyone is inherently bad. Um, I think over time, uh, how they were raised, definitely being in church, um, made them what they are. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I mean, I used to be, I mean, I used to be like that. And so I, I think it's easy for, well, easy. I, I can understand a bit better because of, been on both sides i've i've been on the side of you know using the whole very typical you know manipulation gaslighting you know with church trying to keep people in the church or get people to join the church or Mm -hmm. shame people for not being part of the church and after leaving that environment i became a completely different person and stop acting like that um and so it's you know, but once you're so deep in that, they, they're not going to want to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, 
the church has got over a hundred billion dollars in yeah. trust fund why would you mm, walk away from that you need a, have a healthy stipend <laughs> mm. well, that's a, a pretty good segue into um your own transition out of the church you mentioned you were 23 i think when you walked away um so a yeah. couple years after your mission so um you had some pretty high points and low points on the mission what caused that need to step away at 23 um you know one of my friends my mission friend um he had messaged me one night and uh me explaining the environment is important here i was driving down to go visit my family by myself it's a 13 hour drive I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's like three in the morning. Mm. Well, I'm by myself alone with my thoughts. No, no outside factors. And he said to me, I got to take a break from the church for a while. I realized I'm following the rules out of fear. Mm -hmm. Not because I genuinely want to. And I was at a truck stop. So I was getting gas. So I was like, just sitting there like, well shit (laughs) i am following everything out of fear it it just i was like every little thing i went through my head do i believe this no do i believe this no no i don't i don't believe any of it and it was like oh no (laughs) what what has been opened (laughs) what just what is happening And, uh, but I just, I just stuffed it back down Mm -hmm. because I was like, if I just, if I just wish it away hard enough, if I just think hard enough, if I bear my testimony that the church is true Mm -hmm. at the pulpit hard enough, then I'll believe one day that went on for about four more months. Mm -hmm. And then I got a divorce and left the church, which is also a very, uh, common thing. Mm -hmm. a lot of people when they leave the church they typically leave their mormon spouse too Mm. it was it uh fear that was single-handedly the biggest factor Mm. in me uh exiting is realizing that it's all fear it's it's all out of fear there's nothing is out of love that they did like they did and do nice things and kind things, but like the core of it all, mm-hmm. you know, give us 10% of your money. You don't get to be with your family ever again. Mm-hmm. Like that is pretty rough. Mm-hmm. That, was, that would scare anybody. Yeah. Like, I love my family. I want to be with my family. Like you're being, you're literally being held hostage. Mm-hmm. They literally hold your family hostage. <laughs> like, there's nothing that people, well, most people want more than to be with their family and people love mm-hmm. their families. That's, you know, what, you know, brought you into this world. It's your initial support system. So yeah, fear, mm-hmm. fear is probably one of the strongest emotions, you know, if fear kept a person who didn't believe in any of it, 
in it, mm. then yeah, I I caution people whenever I'm telling people you know about the church, whether it's someone who wants to be educated or some of my still current active friends. Mm. Um, I just tell them I'm like, hey, whatever you do in life. I try not to direct it at the church, but you know, I try and mm -hmm. let them know. I'm like, don't do it out of fear. Yeah. And most of them start to have the same realization mm. that I did. So they're like, wait a minute. I'm scared mm. that I'm going to be punished. I'm not doing it because I think this is right. I'm doing it because I'm scared I'm going to get hurt mm -hmm. for doing it. Mm. Or miss out on some. You know, yep. miss out on my exaltation and all of these other things that are held above mm -hmm. your head. Um, yeah, definitely. Fear is a factor, you know, for sure. Um, with your whole transition out of the church, like, has your family been supportive? Is, is there contention there? So most of my siblings have left. Mm. Um, they were really hoping I would leave too. Mm -hmm. uh, and I did. They're very happy. Mm -hmm. um, my, f I still have one sibling. Um, my parents are still active. They, they are... Okay, so I think they are not supportive but they're pretending to be supportive. Mm. And I say that because they, their, their beliefs completely contradict like my lifestyle. Mm. Like I am, you know, I'm bisexual. Mm -hmm. I'm non-binary transgender, mm -hmm. you know, um, I have lots of piercings and tattoos. And it's like, you can't, like, you can't support me, but then turn around and say, I'm immediately a bad person because I'm attracted to women yeah. and, um, you know, don't identify as the same gender that I was given at birth. Like it just, mm. and I think, well, no, I know because I've seen it firsthand with one of my other siblings. I know that behind the scenes, they're treating me as a lost cause. Mm. Like when my sister came out as gay, my family cut her off. Mm. Like my mom and dad just cut her off. And I always talked about her as being a loss. Right. Mm. And so it's hard because I'm trying to tread very lightly here, but there's really no way for me to not tread lightly my family is very manipulative. Mm. Um, and I, so I know they're not supportive. Mm. They say one thing, but they do another. Mm -hmm. And so it's, but fortunately most of my friends are not women. Yeah. So they all, you know, came with open arms. You know, most of them didn't understand mm. what I was going through but you know, they were supportive, but, um, I still feel ostracized. Yeah. I still feel ostracized, even though my mom tells me she loves me, but you know, my dad doesn't really talk to me. I still feel ostracized because I, 
once you know what goes on behind the scenes, mm. you can't unknow it. Yeah. You know, it's once you know true intentions, there there's no unknowing it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's that's definitely a tough situation. You know, and that's something. You know, that's like you mentioned, that's a big fear that that will be the kind of reactions that you face. But um, I guess overall, like, I don't know how many years it's been, but how has life been for you, you know, outside of the church? Yeah, things have been much better. It's been um, November 27th, 2017. Okay. It's the day that I left. <laughs> I know it is an anniversary for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I may I'm starting a new life. I can't do this. So I <laughs> you know, it's it's been a a ride over the past 3 years. Um my life is much better. Like not that there's not ups and downs like that would just be absurd to mm-hmm. say life doesn't get hard, but I mean in the aspect of I have my own identity. Um I I'm learning about who I am. Mm-hmm. Like I feel I know a lot more about myself. Um, Cause you, you don't really get to have your own personality mm-hmm. when you're Mormon. It's kind of like if you're a woman, you just kind of like be a homemaker and mm-hmm. have kids and whatnot, which there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're basically told that's like your main purpose, you don't really mm-hmm. try and do anything else. Yeah, You know what I mean? So it's like, I've been able to discover all these things that I really enjoy. Um, My relationships with people are better Mm -hmm. um, because it's, there's no strings attached. I'm not trying to like have them join a church Mm because it's like what you're taught. Everyone who's not Mormon, you teach them. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, a lot more genuine connections. Um, At first it was rough when I first left. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was very bitter very bitter, very angry. Um, a little unpleasant to be around. I will be honest. It did make me, I was very angry because the thing that I sacrificed up until that point, my whole life, Mm. I'd sacrificed everything for that church to know that they lied to me and that they were abusing me and manipulating me. Mm. Like it was just, it was too much. Like I went through so much with the church, like literally everything I gave was like just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. And I was just, I was livid. I'm like, how dare you? Mm. How dare you do that? So it was, it was actually very hard. I have to say the first year, it took about a whole year. Mm. Everything was miserable. Mm. Like everything was bad. It was just, it was awful. But then after that, just everything was extremely so much better Mm. um like i'm not i'm not scared of everything anymore i can go out and do things um i don't have cognitive dissonance which that is wonderful Mm. to not be dealing with that on a daily basis um so uh yeah things have been much better way better life than I ever would have expected. Mm. Yeah. No, that's good. That's what I always want to hear, you know. Um, but is there 
any advice that you might have for someone that might have, you know, might be going through the same things that you went through? Um, well, first things first, I always, the biggest thing, analyze if you're doing something out of fear. That's the first thing that usually gets, gets the ball rolling because no one wants, you know, to be fearful. But another thing is, um, for those who have, uh, personally recognized that they don't believe in the church anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, don't take it out on other people Mm -hmm. because you're probably going to accidentally do it. You need to focus on healing yourself so you don't accidentally hurt other people. Like Mm -hmm. it's really easy to just be like, I hate the church. I hate everything. The church is bad. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. But I mean, you gotta like, like focus more on yourself than trying to disassemble something that's harming society. Like Mm -hmm. focus on yourself first Mm -hmm. and then once you're good, then, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then go and focus on, uh, letting people know what goes on Mm -hmm. with the church because you can't help other people if you can't help yourself, Exactly. you know, Mm -hmm. and you gotta, you just went through so much. You gotta take care of yourself. You you need to give yourself some much deserved love and support. Like you just, you got to take care of yourself mm-hmm. so that would really be uh the two biggest pieces of advice mm-hmm. uh, i wish i would have heard those things yeah. well i did hear the fear one but i wish i would have heard the other um you know i learned it the hard way but at least i can help other people in yeah. the future mm-hmm. so. oh, yeah i love that that's really good advice um is there anything i haven't asked you um before we round up like that you wanted to get into um, there's, you know, you actually asked a lot of really good questions that, uh, help me expand on all of my answers. So there's not really anything in particular that I can think of. So um, we are at about an hour. I don't want to hold you up too much, but, um, <laughs> this, uh, come out in a few weeks. I'll send you the link so you can check it out. Um, I can, I can link your YouTube channel if you want. Um, okay. and then put that up and yeah all things aside i really enjoyed this conversation i hope it was beneficial for you yeah of course i enjoyed it a lot if there's anything else you ever want to talk about just let me know yeah. i'm more than happy i could talk about this for days so <laughs> i if there's one thing i'm good at it's talking about mormonism so <laughs> awesome and yeah um, i'll definitely stay tuned i want to check out all the stuff you're doing and yeah don't be a stranger if you ever want to reach out feel free i'll check on you every now and then but yeah awesome you have a good day i appreciated this a lot yeah you do the same all right talk to you soon bye Focal Point Podcast for the Focal Point Cinema and Sound Company.